Welcome to the Community Conversations podcast, where we believe that world transformation begins with gospel transformation, and gospel transformation begins with discovering the truth about who God is and who you are. And it starts right now. If I could do, uh, if I was an impersonator, impersonator, I'd do a little Matthew McConaughey there. But yeah, that's not me. I'm not good. At I'm not that guy. You okay? <laughs> I'm okay. I don't even know. No, no. <laughs> you have no idea. I think, man, I wish I could do impersonations like Noah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't really care about any of the spiritual stuff, but man, but, if I could man. do his Matthew McConaughey, I would be killing it. <laughs> It's really just the last piece. That's all that's missing. Yeah, right now. that's all. If you had that, it'd be <laughs> over. <laughs> Impersonations are like the most like fun, but most useless ability. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it does really nothing for you. It's just funny how many how many good actors are good at impersonating. I know, I know. That's what's bizarre to me. Yeah, but like once Rich Little came on the scene, he kind of ruined it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. At the time that this episode is released, I am currently on a cruise with Katie. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, we're time traveling. We are literally time traveling. We're going back in time <laughs> to make sure we have an episode to go forward in time <laughs> while you're at sea. So just remember, while you're listening to this episode, I'm on a cruise ship somewhere. Yeah. Maybe Mexico. Yeah. Maybe Honduras. Maybe. Maybe he's not coming back. Maybe it'll be a Captain Phillips thing where we have to start putting together like some type of outreach mission work to go re- receive Brian and Katie back to the house. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited though. I've never been on a cruise. Me neither. Me neither. I'd like to. I'd yeah. like to go on a cruise, but yeah, seems fun. This will be all. It's your for your 10 year anniversary. Yeah, it it's is. It's not just what you guys do for fun. No. So our 10 year anniversary is in May. Yeah. But. Turns out Katie's due in June. Yes. And so May turned out to be a pretty bad time for now Your son's already vacation. a massive inconvenience <laughs> <laughs> for everyone involved. Um, so, yeah, we were planning like a big like international trip, something. And then she got pregnant and we thought, well, if we're going to do something, it's got to be pretty soon. Yeah. And so the cruise just kind of lined up. Perfection. Yep. Yeah. We're excited, though. Little exactly big horns, yeah. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, come back with a tan (laughs) if you can. We'll see. We'll see. I do okay. I do do okay. Yeah, I do okay at the beach. I'm more like a lobster. (laughs) Yeah, it's rough for me. It's a hard time. I love the beach though. Mm -hmm. Like I love sitting. I'm like a give me like a like a um, give me like a what are those. Not a tent, but what are they normally uh, called? Like a, like a cabana type thing? Yeah, give me one of those like tent, and like yeah. a book that like yeah. covers me from the sun. And mm-hmm. I could sit on the beach all day. Yeah. All day. Yeah. You and I, we beach well together. We do. We vacation a lot. Obviously, most we people who listen well. to this know yeah, that but our families are close. And so we normally do at least one, if not two, annual trips a year. Yeah. This is probably the first year. There's a lot of different moving parts that made it complicated. Yes. This will be our first year in a couple of years that we probably won't vacay 
together. Yeah, this will be the first year in a long time we have not gone on vacation together just because I'm having a son, you're having a son, it's your anniversary. Yeah. Apparently you and Katie's relationship is more important than you and mine. <laughs> like and, I'd uh, invite you on the cruise, but it's like a, it's yeah. like a whole thing. So. Yeah, well, and me and Bailey are um, <laughs> logistically processing a, uh, a trip to get to Canada later this year just because I have um, elderly family, elderly grandparents who, yeah. you know, don't do technology, so they really don't have much opportunity to really meet yeah. my son. And they've never met Bailey. They've never met Bailey. They've never really met her, and so they don't believe she's real, so it'd be nice uh, <laughs> for them to meet her. <laughs> and so, you know, we're trying to plan that trip, and so it just didn't work this year for us to go. But yeah. me and you, we beach well. We do, yeah. On our tombstones, they're going to put these two. <laughs> they beach well. <laughs> I don't like to be in the water all day. I'm not a, no, 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 no. That's not why I go to the beach. I'll get in. I'll, uh, I do like a walk. I like to take a, like a long walk. Yeah. I'm uh, like a read for an hour and a half. Yep. Cool off in the water. Yep. Walk, dry off. Mm-hmm. Get back to my seat. Yep. Read again and like, like rinse and repeat. I have a, throw a few Uncrustable sandwiches in there. Yeah. Some Pringles. Some Pringles, some food. Yep. Yeah. I'm the only person that probably goes to the beach and gets a lot heavier. I just snack most of the day. Most people come back like, yeah, the sun, I lost some weight. I was sweating a lot. Drinking a lot of water. <laughs> Not me. Not me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. Um, okay. This will be uh, another episode on the topic of community. Yeah, our last one. Our last one. Part our three. Our last one, part three. Yep. Um, which I've loved this conversation. Yeah, me too. I think it's important because we're, you know, we're really now in the full swing of communities mm-hmm. and there there needs to constantly be a reminder of the value of what we're doing. Yeah. We don't we don't do communities because we think that the the western church model requires that we have smaller groups of people getting yeah. together. Yeah. And it's yeah. you know, it's something that like, you know, and I think in everything that we do, there's a there's a lot of prayer that goes into it. Because we, at the end of the day, we just want to be doing what the Lord is asking us to do. Yes, very much so. Not just because we think maybe, you know, because it's really easy to get caught up in building and modeling a church after just what you've seen. Yeah. You know. Well, that's that's what it is now. Yeah. 95% of churches are, I'm going to move here and start a church that I like that looks like this. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I'll start it, and then for you know a year we'll just gather on Sundays, and we'll build a, a team, and then we'll start a kids church, then we'll start a youth group, and mm-hmm. then we'll start this, and then we'll do a building campaign, and then we'll you know boom 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 boom. Yeah, yeah. And so when we got um, we got charged, you know, kind of with just this this conviction of what would the Axe Church look like now, mm-hmm. and we've you know been on that process, I think, with the Holy Spirit on trying to do our best to um, live that out yeah mm-hmm. comes with bumps sometimes but you sure you learn along the way and you grow and you cultivate and you you know you you um you grow in it right yeah and this is something you were recently talking to the staff about but when you do life that way and you build a church that way you have to be okay embracing mystery yeah because we don't like we don't have the convenience of just looking at the churches around us and saying like, this is what we're going to do. Right. But it's actually like, okay, Lord, like, what do you want? What is it that you want? Yeah. And if that looks different than what we've seen, we need you to help us understand. Yeah. 
how and why. How, why, what, yeah. It's because at the end of the day, like, I don't, I only, my only desire is to do what he wants me to do and us to do. Mm -hmm. And so that requires a lot of like, okay, what's next? Okay, what's next? Yeah. What do you want here? What do you want there? Mm -hmm. And that oftentimes the, the response is like, I don't get that at all. How do I do that? Like, what does that look like? And that yeah. there's a lot of mystery involved in this. And it's, you know, and these are things that are hard to constantly remember the why behind. Like, like if you work out, you can go home every day and, and like review yourself in the mirror and realize your why. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're saving for a new car or a new house, you can go look at your bank account and you're like, all right, this is my why. Mm -hmm. Sometimes stuff like this gets lost on the why am I doing this? Sure. And I think like these episodes and these things are good reminders even for people to go back and listen to later on about, oh, right, this was our why. Yeah. This was our why of why we're doing community this way, what the purpose has been, why we gather. And I, I would say, you know, um, it's a rarity in the church world now, but I've predominantly only heard like good things. Our communities have mm -hmm. just really, I think, been the lifeblood of who we are because really it's just what the church is. Yeah, our communities are not a really like well architected, marketable thing. They're just here's what the Axe Church did, and here's how close we can get. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah. And so, um, it's you know, it's been beautiful to see so many people come alive and experience the beauty of it, or the beauty of of what can come out of being with a group of people mm -hmm. and building life together. Yeah, and. And it's become such a natural expression of our church. And if you look at what's crazy, if you look at like percentage wise, how many of the people yeah. who go to Beloved are also a member of a community? Yeah. Over ninety percent, like, like unheard of. Yeah, it's what, it's know? nuts. And, so, and it doesn't take but a couple of weeks for someone to come to go. Hey, can I get in a community? Yeah, <laughs> right. It's a quick turnaround to get in one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I think that happens too when when you move out of church being about events and you make it more about lifestyle. Yeah. Oh, because oh, we're not, sure. you know, and we have certain events we do. We love our family table nights, but yeah. even that geared around the ex church is geared. Yeah. And that's, that still is very much kind of in line with, with what is being built here, you uh -huh. know? Yeah. Um, Sharing a meal and being yeah. with Christ. Yeah. But yeah, we're not big on just events, <clears throat> No, but we like building a lifestyle out of, what we feel the Lord is calling us into. Yeah. Well, because I, I just think, I think if you build a house off of the success of, you know, whether that be numbers or size or this or that, it's, it's only for oftentimes the ego of the people leading it. Mm -hmm. But when people can look around and see a house built on people that look like the Christ. Yeah. It changes a city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it brings hope. Like it really, truly brings hope to the hopeless. Because mm -hmm. people are hopeless right now. Yeah. Like this is some of them, probably one of the most hopeless times. You know, I mean, I know I wasn't alive for things like the Great Depression or the Holocaust, which was probably more hopeless. But I, I'm not unaware of the hopelessness that a lot of people feel in this time of their life. Mm hmm. Everything's more expensive. You're not making enough money. Yeah. You know, mental health is rampant. Mm -hmm. Can't trust anyone, it feels like. And and yet within this, you know, here you're seeing a, a community of people like growing to look like Christ together. Right. But that's gone. Like every person that's 
ended up really being a part of our kingdom family, the thing I've always heard is like, well, we came and everyone here was actually so genuinely kind and loving to each other. We just wanted to be a part of that. Yeah. And if that's not a testament of what we're doing here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, I think, and you mentioned this, um, this was weeks ago at this point when you preached on this topic on a Sunday, this Koinonian fellowship, one of the things you mentioned that could be a hindrance, and I thought this was good, that, that could be a hindrance for people in, in, pursuing, um, in pursuing this type of intentional, you know, development and pursuit of just, you know, the Lord and seeking his face and his wants and his desires um, is the nostalgia we can often get caught up in of what church has been like. Oh, yeah. Big time. Especially... For, you know, we grew up in church. We had yeah. very different experiences. Very. <laughs> but, yeah, mine was more like Jesus. Yours was more like religion, but yeah. <laughs> I think we both had a bit of religion. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, but we believed you we weren't religious. That's the difference. <laughs> we thought we were really doing it, you know? <laughs> but yeah, you know? Yeah, it's true. I mean, and I, and I say that not from a, like a place of other people, but myself. Sure. Like I, I really want people to understand that like that's big like I'm a church kid yeah and I love church Mm -hmm. I love church I love all the facets of church I love the funny things about it I love the quirks about it like I love church Mm -hmm. I'm in church all the time yeah like not just to be loved but like I'm you know what I mean like I'm, I'm in different things all the time yeah that's not just my own. And so like, I love the church. I love what it's done for me, what it's been for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm widely aware that sometimes my nostalgia can get in the place of what you always wanting to do in me now. Yeah. Cause I loved what was right. You know, like, and it's, it's the little things like there are little things that like, even I did as a kid that maybe Benjamin won't now. Mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that's like, Oh, I hate that. Sure. I hate, he won't be like in a, you know, like Operation Christmas Child Play called Fumbly Bumbly Angels, <laughs> you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for everyone to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm wildly, but I, he always making me more aware of like what he's wanting to do mm-hmm. in the earth right now. And I have to lean into that. Yeah. Right. You know, because if the apostles got caught in the nostalgia of Moses, which most of Israel did is why they killed Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I don't, they would have never taken off. The church would have never taken off if it was just, yeah. hey, this is just kind of like a, a, a Moses 2.0 thing. We're not going to get too crazy different because we kind of love what we've had, mm-hmm. which is where the Pharisees always were. Yeah. It's like, we just want you to come, like, make sure, like, you really teach us the law of Moses. Don't right. do anything different. Like, just really help <laughs> us, like, really get the law of Moses. Yeah, we think we're doing pretty good with this law thing, but really just drive that in, yeah. you know? Yeah, and it's not, you know, I, it's never, I don't think, I don't think, doing something new is a critique of something old. I think doing something new is moving into greater truth of what is what wholeness is. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, like I don't think everything that was is a, is a bad thing mm-hmm. or, or I'm here to critique and say this was all bad. Right. It wasn't. Mm-hmm. People's lives were changed. People yeah. have been healed. People have been saved. Mm-hmm. There are people in our house, you know, especially under my parents' ministry that – got saved have been under this ministry for 15 20 years mm-hmm. um so it's it's a no i'm never ever wanting to like critique what was it's not yeah. a critique 
But if I settle for what was, then I ref- will eventually refuse to be a part of what he wants to do now. Mm-hmm. Right. And most times, most times when you see people hit the place of never growing spiritually, it's because they're just going, well, I'm just doing what I've always done. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing what I've always done. And, and I just don't think that that's how, I just don't think that's how he intended it to be. There yeah. are deeper truths that, that can't be cultivated or pioneered until we can grasp the fullness of what the current one is. And I don't know if we have like the fullest current revelation of what the church can be. Yeah. How can we move into anything else <laughs> till we have that? Right. And I think you always given us graces to grow. Like you look at the Reformation, it was a grace to come out of what was. Mm-hmm. But it was really new. Yeah. And really different. <laughs> You know, and, you know, nailing that big thesis on the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's a big moment. Yep. And um, and so you have to be okay with going, man, this was great. Mm-hmm. I've loved this. Yep. But there's something new on the horizon. And Yahweh is, Yahweh is constantly bringing us into the purity of what the church was designed to be, and we haven't hit it yet. Right. Because, you know, Romans says this, that the that the 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 grace gifts have been given to the church to uh, bring it into fullness. You know, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, mm-hmm. the teacher, pastor. He says until the church reaches oneness, yeah, in the yeah. faith, yep. And so, if the current model we have has not brought us into oneness, then there's more, right? And it's not a critique of what was, yep, because we're growing in it, mm-hmm. and we can't get where we're going without what was. Sure. But if you want to remain in what was, that's fine, but you're never going to look like Jesus. Yeah. That just is the unfortunate truth of it. Yeah. Yeah. Doing something because it's the way it's always been done never really works out for no. anything in the long run. Yeah. And and it works that way with other stuff. Like like you meet someone who, like I, I remember listening to a bodybuilder one time. If you can't tell, I'm really into bodybuilding. <laughs> But I was listening to a bodybuilder one time talking about like how every, you know, like six to eight weeks, like he completely changes like his workouts. Mm, yeah. Because even your body eventually mm-hmm. won't grow or, or get wow. much bigger if you're doing the same thing over and again because it learns to compensate for it. Sure. And so everything in life, I think, I think rhythm is good, but we have to embrace mystery inside of rhythm. Like the rhythm of yeah. working out is great, mm-hmm. but what you do when you get there is what changes. Sure. The rhythm and consistency of church and going to church, mm-hmm. everyone, going to church and being there, that's a good thing. Right. It's what we do when we get in the room and, and the mystery we embrace there. Right. Like I'm a routine guy. Mm-hmm. I get up every morning. I have the same breakfast normally. I have the same you know, cups of coffee. I uh-huh. same same time every morning, same place, <laughs> yep. everything. And when I get alone with the Lord, and I think we've talked about this, like from then on, it's mystery. Right. It can change. Yeah. What we're doing for that time mm-hmm. becomes a change. And so inside of rhythm, mystery is required to grow. Yeah, that's really good. You know, and that's where like we're not critiquing the past. We're saying there's good rhythm, mm-hmm. and but we need to continue in the mystery and embrace where we're going. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And, you know, I think I think in the days to come, I think there will be a lot more a lot more like wonder that people will bring with them when we, when we do gather together. Yes. And the, just the wonder of like, what is going to happen tonight? Yeah. What could be, what could be? Yeah. We're meeting at the same place at the same time, but 
who knows what's about who to happen. Who knows? And yeah, and I'm okay with that. Yep. I'm okay with that, you know, because and and you even have to watch that in our own in our own river because sometimes you can get caught up in what you're liking now. Like I sure. love that we have no time limit on our service. Mm-hmm. I know some people it's not their favorite thing at the moment. Sure. But I love that like we'll let worship go as long as it wants and we'll let the message go as long as it we, we want. Yeah. But are we also like as a leadership here willing to embrace enough mystery for Yahweh to go, hey, y'all did twenty minutes of worship and that's all I really wanted for tonight. Yeah. Right. Go home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know? yep. we're like, oh, man, we love doing something different. But what that means is it's always long. <laughs> but what happens when it's short? Yeah. Or what happens if, you know, you come in and there's no worship and there's just a quick message? Yep. For six weeks. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, us moving the, the praise team, like, from facing, you know, everybody to turning the other way was something we felt Yahweh tell us to do mm-hmm. for, you know, a season. Yeah. And um, and that's like weird, yeah, and hard. It's not what you're used to. It's not what it's not a it's not the normal thing we you've come into. You know what? Mm-hmm. And then what happens if the Lord's like, hey, like, put this one backwards, put this one forwards, put this one sideways? You know what I mean? Like, and you have to be <laughs> yeah. willing to embrace the okay of mystery because sometimes the result is not, or the we don't always understand the process. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing to me about the Old Testament sacrifices that make sense. Sure. Hey, like if you, you know, if you slap your wife, bring a turtle dove, take <laughs> off all the feathers, cut it down the breast line, rip it in half, but don't totally rip it apart. Put yeah. it on the, you know, the altar of incense. Like what? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Yep. That has no, what are you talking about? Okay, you know, if a priest sends... Like it says, if a priest sins, you have to take a ram. It says Moses took a ram when Aaron, and when he was getting ready to like um, sanctify Aaron and them, and he had them look at the ram while he yeah. slaughtered it. Mm-hmm. It's like what? Yeah, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and sometimes we, I think we get caught up in I need this to make sense for me to get in it. Right, and it's not always that way. No, I find with him, it's that's more the exception. Yeah. Yeah, that it actually makes sense. Yes, even sometimes that you know, as we lean into communities over these couple episodes, that happens in communities. Mm. Sometimes you're in community with someone, and at first you're like, I don't know if we really click. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to work out the way we were both hoping it would. You know, and then sometimes you're like, Oh, this is why. Yeah, this is how we connect. This is how we're supposed to be in union together. Yeah, and that changes. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. But I do think there's an invitation. First to grow in wonder. Oh, for sure. And I love that. Yeah, me too. And it's I weird, think, but I love it. It is. And it's a real death to nostalgia. It's hard. Sure. And I get it. I think sometimes people think like, oh, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about what we used to like. Mm-hmm. No, I do. Yeah. Like I grew up on the front, on the front pew of a church my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> I know the ins and outs of this. I know, you know what I mean? Like this has been my. Yep. I've I've done this. You know church. I know church and yeah. I love church. Yep. And it's it's a it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to die to, man. Yeah. You know, when you love something so dearly. But like it's an awakening how much you love church and how much you don't maybe truly love the Christ. Mm. Cuz my love sure. should be the Christ. Yeah. Which means the church can change. Right. Cuz he's not going to. Right. Which is great. 
And technically, it's his anyways. So yes, he can kind of make he kind of reserves the right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's know? he's in charge. He's in charge. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yep. So. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's actually a good stop stopping point. Real quick, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. Perfect. Are you in the market for top-notch packaging solutions? Look no further. Introducing Associated Packaging, your trusted partner in packaging excellence. We specialize in providing high-quality packaging supplies and cutting-edge packaging automation. Our team is dedicated to ensuring your production runs smoothly with our factory-trained service technicians, just-in-time inventory management, and turnkey packaging solutions. Say goodbye to costly downtime. With Associated Packaging, you'll maximize uptime and reduce downtime, boosting your efficiency and profitability. Don't compromise on packaging quality and efficiency. Choose API for all your packaging needs. Call us today at 706-459-9996, ask for Chad Balistrieri, or visit our website at www.associatedpackaging.com. Associated Packaging, where packaging excellence meets innovation. And we're back. And I'm honestly just thinking about how all you chumps are just here and I'm out sipping pina coladas on the poolside. Yeah, at sea, (laughs) just living his best life. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard. Some of us are... You know, like Paul doing the work of the ministry uh, out here cultivating these mean streets for Christ, and some of us are out at cruises. Yeah, well, you know, like yeah. a, like an old school televangelist. I mean, Paul he did a good like twelve years of obscurity. So I'm kind of <laughs> Brian's like if if, my- <laughs> if six of you could donate to my ministry today, there's six people that could give a thousand dollars to my cruise today. <laughs> Listen, we don't know what Paul was doing, man. A lot about Paul we don't know. <laughs> a lot about Paul we don't know. He could be cruising every year. I think I think he was a beach guy. Yeah, taking time. He'd, he'd, he'd like leave off the shores of Tarsus, head out, you know, to the Tuscan areas of early Rome, just spend his days there, just relaxing, <laughs> just cruising. Just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think... Um, you know, while we talked about one of the hindrances people could bump up against, especially in church leadership, with developing this kind of model of just embracing mystery and just really saying, Lord, I know I know what we've done, but I also want to know like what you are currently doing and where you're mm-hmm. going. And I just want to be a part of that. Yeah. Even if it comes at the expense of what of these things that I've loved that we've done. Yes. And that's okay. Um, but you know, I think nostalgia, like you said, that could be one of the hindrances. Or even if it's not just nostalgia, for some people it may just be the comfortability and the convenience of saying, well, this is just how we do it. Yeah. Because that's that's really the easy path at the sure. end of the day. Sure, you know? Well, and too, like I think we're willing to accept that because predominantly we've allowed ourselves to become comfortable and, accepting, and, ex- and we have an acceptance of like dysfunction. Mm-hmm. Sure. I can accept what is because I've become comfortable in dysfunction. Wow. Yeah. I can read scripture and not be that which is completely dysfunctional mm-hmm. in your mindset. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, and oftentimes we'll accept what is because we're, we find a bit of comfort in dysfunction. Sure. 
You know, like at the end of the day, most people end up staying in their stuff because not because they're scared, but because it is comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's just comfortable. It's just what I know. Yeah. You know, and like actually using Jesus as the measuring stick for what I'm trying to be transformed into mm-hmm. is a lot different than just going to church on Sunday. Yeah. Being in a small group, you know, leading Wednesday Bible study. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a very different measuring stick, but oftentimes we've accepted the illusion of, well, this is enough. Mm-hmm. This is enough of what I'm going for. Yeah. And that's dysfunction. Yeah. And I think to, to I'll throw this out there that I think for some Uh-oh. people, going to get in trouble with this one. <laughs> well, I think that I think it's easier to justify staying right where you are, doing the same things. It's easier to justify that when you've been told that really your only hope is just to wait until you die. Yeah, big <laughs> for, time. For you bring to it become... back to bring it back to the end times, Brian. <laughs> big eschatology guy, you know. Big eschatology <laughs> fella, yeah, yeah. But it's when you realize that we're not just here waiting to die, but we're actually meant to bring the kingdom here now. You realize that there's a level of responsibility that comes with that. Yeah. And that's, it's harder. Yeah. Well, and I think like tied to the whole thing, like I'm just supposed to wait to die too, is tied to this idea that I'm, I'm good or I'm evil. And so I I can justify being in what I'm in because I'm not an evil person. Mm-hmm. I'm a good person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm not looking like Jesus, but I'm a good person. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I wave at homeless people. Uh-huh. You know, like I, I pick up my plate. You know what I mean? When I'm yeah. done, like I, I, I've returned the shopping cart to its to its proper, yeah. you know, place. Mm-hmm. And it's like we've lived in this place in religion where it's um it's either like it's like sin or it's not. Mm-hmm. And actually what Christ is looking for is like, let's get fully you, which is moving from purity to purity to holy to holy to to greater to greater. Yeah. And so sin doesn't become the marker now. Mm -hmm. It actually becomes Jesus. And so like we we are often okay in this dysfunction because like, well, I have to wait till I die to really be like Jesus anyway. Right. And also I'm not a bad person. So I'm fine. (laughs) I'm fine right where I'm at, you know? I'm a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's always like that thing of like, you know, like, you know, when you're dating someone and you realize you don't like them and you're like, I got to break up with them, like, which I shouldn't be mad about because like, I'm a good guy. You know, like you're convincing (laughs) yourself, even though you're about to do this thing, that you're still a good person. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think we get caught up in is like, it's not, it's, it's, it's this like acceptance of this dysfunctional reality that Christ called us to look like him, but it's okay that I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. If you don't think that's dysfunctional, like you need, you know, you, you need to, mm-hmm. you need to join something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember, and we, this is a verse we've talked about a lot. This is Romans eight. It just talks about like the, the earth is waiting. Yeah. And it's, it's eager expectation, yeah. right? It's literally longing yeah. for the revealing of the sons and daughters of God. Yep. You know? 
it's waiting for us. And that's and those are the sons and daughters who know who they are. Yes. It's not it's not people who are who are saved, but maybe not going through or not interested in, you know, in maturity and change and growth. But mm-hmm. the what the world is actually longing for is for the revealing of of followers of Christ who fully know who he is and who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think too, because we don't, we've never, like, especially like as Pentecostals, we never actually learned a church history. We've learned like, we've learned like Western, like American church history. Because mm-hmm. it was a street and all that stuff and mm-hmm. you know, all that. But like church history, I mean, like from when yeah. John the, the Beloved died and on. Mm-hmm. And I think because we never really, ha- we've never really known that there were amazing men like Paul. Mm-hmm that continued this on, yeah. I think that's just gone now. Right. There was Paul and it's gone now. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. You know what I mean? Go read Polycarp. Mm. Go read, you know, Ignatius. Go read all these uh, these great men that continue on yeah. person after person. You know what I mean? Like, go, there are so many, you know what I mean, men that continued on this thing and we think like, well, that's just like what Paul did. It's abstract. It's over there. And there was Paul and then it got shut off and then we'll we'll get raptured. Right. Yeah. And you, you got to realize is all of those guys, you know, the disciples, Paul, all of those guys that we read about and love, they had spiritual sons that they were raising up yeah. to carry the mantle. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's what the earth is looking for is a whole, a whole generation of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't just Paul. There's been many and they've been trying to show people and scream to people. We can all be this. Yeah. We can all do this. Mm-hmm. If we could just get it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, you mentioned the name Polycarp. I know I've heard that name. Was that one of... <laughs> it's my dog. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> was that, one of, was <laughs> yeah. that one of John's? Yeah, John the Beloved. Yeah, okay. one of his, so. his sons. There's a couple really good... There's a book called The uh, Apostolic Fathers... Uh, which is a lot of the writings of Polycarp, of Ignatius. There's another one, I don't know why his name, because I'm trying to think about it, it's obviously left me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the, um, people say it differently, so if I butcher it, I butcher it, but the, um, there's the Diadec. Okay. It's another book of early church writings, Yeah. things to follow, things they did. Um, a lot of stuff that was interesting, letters of Polycarp, there's some letters of Polycarp that were almost voted in, like as scripture. Whoa! Yeah, a lot of the early letters of some of these like um, patristic fathers mm-hmm. were almost like canonized. Wow! So they're very important. Sure, they're very important. You know, pieces of of you know what I mean. It's like reading the Apocrypha, even, uh-huh. even though the Catholics have that and we don't. Like it's still great information. Mm-hmm. Like, go read First, Second Maccabees. You're going to learn great stuff. Sure. You know, go read Wisdom. Like, it's great. Yeah. And so, like, uh, yeah, he was a, a son of his who carried on what this was and helped lead the church next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They needed leadership and helped and, you know, and, and helped kind of carry this on and and keep going. Right. I think we've talked about this, but even with these these great guys, these apostles who did unbelievable things and led the church in unbelievable ways— like for Paul, it was never like Paul's ministry. No. It was always we're doing the work of Christ and yeah. we're raising up the next generation yep. to carry it on. Yeah, we're bringing, 
everyone into the oneness, the wholeness of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. We're bringing everyone into the kingdom. We're announcing something different. Yeah. You know, it's what Jesus did. Mm-hmm. Jesus came on the scene and said, something different's here than what you've known. Right. Come to me and you'll find, and you'll have it. Yeah. You know, and that's what they, that's what people are looking for. That's yeah. what they were looking for. Yeah. Jesus says, you've been searching through the scriptures looking for eternal life, but the scriptures speak about me mm-hmm. and you refuse to come to me. Yeah. And so people even now are looking for what the truth is and what the reality of life is. And Paul and all them were showing you, I, I have it. Come find it. Yeah. And it was, you know, and it always leads back to this, but like it was so effective because there were whole communities of people who looked and did it. Yeah. That's what happened yeah. was people were dedicated. Right. You know, that's what Acts says is that people were dedicated mm-hmm. to what this is. And, you know, it's, and I think this comes back to the importance of community in a different way in that it's one thing if you've got one lone guy who is like healing the sick, who's yes. raising the dead, who's doing really bizarre things that you've never seen. Yep. It's one thing to see one guy because if you just see one guy doing it, it's easy to write it off that, well, he's special. He's this, he's that. But when you see a whole community of people doing that, it's like, okay, now it's yeah. not just one guy. It's a lot of people doing this. Yeah. And if you all can do it, like, like, tell me, what do I need to know? Right. And you can tell like, <laughs> like some of the, the, the things Paul's having to correct in some of his letters is like, these guys were experiencing some stuff. Yeah. It's like, all right. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Don't do this, you know. Don't do three. Don't do two somersaults. Only do one. Like there's some <laughs> wild stuff. Yeah. But you know, this is that Acts two forty two. The the it's a statement with a period. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Mm-hmm. There was a faithful devotion to what this is and to what it was. Yeah. A faithful clinging together. Mm-hmm. And then this radical expression that changed a whole nation. I mean, Rome was not a nation. Rome was everything. Yeah. Rome was everything. Yeah. The greatest empire. Mm-hmm. The greatest empire ever. And, you know, it's these massive people groups like you're talking about, these people willing to actually do it. And the more they all did it, the more it brought in and and just welcomed other people into this fold of what could be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something so radically different than what we've seen. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sometimes I. You get thinking. I know. I get thinking. I'm like, well, I don't really know. I know the gears get rolling <laughs> in your head. You guys can't see. I can see his thinking <laughs> face. You know. Well, you know, and it's and like I said, we've been doing three weeks on community. And the hope and purpose is for people to understand that everyone, I think, overall would say they're enjoying what is being presented from, like, the pulpit from a teaching perspective. Mm-hmm. But the journey from your head to your heart, a part of that journey is found in devotion to community and devotion to family. Yeah. There's the there's the place of personal devotion, obviously, and mm-hmm. intimacy with Christ and all those aspects of it and belief, mm-hmm. true belief in God's character, who he is, who he's made you. But a piece of this, as Acts is trying to teach us, is 
being unitedly fully devoted to the teachings of the apostles. Mm -hmm. And Paul's teaching, which is an apostle, mm -hmm. is do not forsake the gathering together. Right. Understand that. Like Jesus, like he says, he ends so many of his letters with, do not, please do not stop loving each other. Yeah. But love each other the way Christ loved you. Mm -hmm. Be in union, be together, gather. Right. Share in this. Mm-hmm. It's like they had this. Uh, it's like they had this recipe for. I promise you, if you'll do it together, it will work. Mm -hmm. If you'll just do it together. Yep. You know what I mean? We have this very different thing now, where we're like, we do it together, but like you know, when like there's time, <laughs> you know, when I'm free. <laughs> yeah. You know, we do it together when I can make it. We do it together when mm -hmm. nothing else is going on, or yep. We do it together for a couple of weeks. And then I'm so glad that I came and did this for a couple of weeks that I feel justified to just take a week or two off. Yeah. Well, I did great for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So I've been going here for you know <laughs> week for two years. So I'm gonna just take some time to myself, and you know what yeah. I mean. And at the end of the day, like what we're what we're what's being preached and what's being hoped for in the lives of people is found in union with others. Mm -hmm. Just it just really is. It's just the nature of it. Yeah. And some of this stuff may feel like it goes together week after week as we talk about it, but there is importance to getting it in people's heads. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we, I think I've shared this before from the pulpit, but Barna Institute talks about on average out of 52 weeks out of the year, the average church attender goes 28 weeks. Okay. And out of that, they memorize one message a year. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All that work for one yeah. message. Yeah. And so like there, you know, at the end of the day, like repetition builds in us, I think an, a real understanding of the importance of what's being talked about. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and I, uh, I've had the, the fortunate opportunity with, cause so we had foundations for a couple of years and we did that. And I think one of the, one of my greatest takeaways from that is realizing, realizing how important it is to, to, the, to go through and go through and go through the stuff mm -hmm. that I'm trying to learn. Yeah. Because, and as a teacher, I've come to realize that I can no longer, I can no longer define the success of any topic simply by have I taught it. Yeah. But success of a topic is not have I taught it, it's do you get it? Yeah. And that's yeah. a very different thing. Right. Because if, if success as a teacher um, is is defined by just have I taught it, I can speak on any one topic, any one time, and I, I did it, and I did great. Do you get it? Is it going to, are you going to change? Who knows? But I didn't, you know. And just coming to realize that, that over time I realized, one, how important it was for me to be in the position where I was going through a lot of the same content, you know, some of a lot of it changed, but some of it was just year after year. And I, how beneficial that was for me to be in a position of like actually getting to teach the yeah. same stuff because I'm hearing the same stuff over and over. And you realize how much you forgot. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, this is really good. And so sometimes I look back and I think, man, I can't imagine like just having heard some of these topics just one time and then moving on. Yeah. As how? if, as if, as if my goal was just to just to hear information, yeah. you know. But when yeah. you realize that it's not just about hearing information, but it's actually allowing whatever the topic is, whatever the content is, whether it's righteousness, the gospel, you know, it's 
it's not have I heard it. It's do I get it? Yeah. And is it answer, in my heart? And is it changing me? Yes. And if the answer is no, then it's okay for me to keep hearing it and keep going over, over, and, and, over, and, over and over and over and over. Yep. And two, I think if you were to, one of the mistakes we make with the four gospel accounts is to believe that they are some type of chronologic, well, they are chronological, but like chronologically specific built. Right. Like Matthew was right behind them, like, okay, today it was, you know, a bagel with cream cheese. We're going to, <laughs> you know, over here. We're gonna do it was never that way. Yeah. And um, most of the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels are a compilation of them taking the teachings of Jesus and going, okay, here's what we, here's an overall. And so you realize there's not, there are a bunch of teachings, but there's not a ton difference. Sure. So what it teaches you is that over three years, Jesus taught the same thing a lot. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, sure, and over again, yeah. And you realize, okay, so Jesus was trying to get one point across, mm-hmm. one thing, you yeah. know, this idea of the kingdom. Like, this, there's this main thing. Some stuff fit into it, but like, Jesus had one goal, and over four gospels, was the best they could get together and and realize what they needed to say was like, this is it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of the same message over and over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, with some like stunning moments, you know, me got Matthew four, five, and six, you know, with Sermon on the Mount, and you've got mm-hmm. you know all these different points of like where it got really intense, but like overall there's just, like parables and even most of the parables are teaching you the same thing. Yeah. Eight parables for the same idea. Mm-hmm. Because it's one message, it's one thing Jesus is trying to get across from you. Because why why keep going? Right. When you don't get this. Yeah. Now, I also notice too when I read the gospels that Jesus was not at all afraid to create scenarios that required, or I'll say it like this. He was not afraid to create scenarios and let situations arise that revealed how you think and what you believe. Yeah. For example, uh, Lazarus dies. (laughs) Mary and Martha are like, like, Hey, like you've got to come now. And he mourns it, which is odd. But he waited two days yeah. before making the two-day journey. Hey, let him season. Yeah. And so, like, that, or they're in the in the boat in the storm, and they're freaking out, and he's totally okay with that. He's sleeping. But what happens is he's he's okay letting situations arise that reveal what we're, what we're believing. Yeah. Because then once once that's been revealed, then we'll know, okay, so here's what we need to work on. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, and he's, you know, I love, you know, Damon Thompson says this all the time. It's it's Christ-like to acquiesce. Mm. So Christ, you know, in his ability of, like, he's always willing to acquiesce to where we're at. Mm. It's like all that situations happen because that's where you are. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to start from there. Right. We're always going to be where you are. Mm-hmm. And I want to teach you from there because what's the point of teaching you something else than where you are? Right. You'll never get it. Yep. And so, like, you know, oftentimes... In leadership, especially, you can get caught up in wanting to teach people where you want them to be. Right. Mm-hmm. And Christ always taught where people were. Right. Yep. You know, and he, he showed he showed people how radical it can get when he teaches you from where he is. Because mm-hmm. 5,000 men, not including women and children, come up to him and say, give us some of the deeper stuff. He's like, great, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And they're like, great, we're out. Yeah. See you later. And so he's like, you know, that's not where you were. That's where I am. Right. 
that's where you're at with right. this. That's where I'm at with this. Stuff. Yeah. He's probably thinking like, I wasn't planning on teaching or saying that today, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. you want it, but you really want to know here it is. Sure. Yeah. And so, you know, there's this place of like, you need to get it before we can add anything else to it mm-hmm. or he can add anything else to it. Right. You know what I mean? And like, that's where mm-hmm. I feel like I am. Cause I can't teach on anything else until I have this. Yeah. What, what is the point of that? Right. Becomes this unauthentic thing that I told you about. And it becomes this fake reality that I've got it. Mm-hmm. I don't have it fully yet. Right. You know. And then what happens is if you let that go long enough, what happens is people who are in churches, they end up getting, I don't know if like addicted is the right word, but they, what happens is people more and more, they start to crave new information every time they hear. Oh, addicted is speak. the perfect word, Brian. <laughs> well, you hit the nail on the head. And so, so what happens is you, you know, if you've got, if you've got a pastor who preaches a different topic every single week mm-hmm. and it's always just these one off, boom, 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 over here, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here and never actually allow time for any of those messages, any of those topics to really go deep enough and to linger yeah. long enough for it to create change in our lives. Yeah. What happens is we're not actually changing. We're just hearing a lot of new information. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how many people can like, you can reveal to me the secrets of the cosmos, like how to get out of the Milky Way galaxy. If you don't like Jesus, what in the world is the point of that? Yeah. You could tell me all about, you know, dispensationalism and a pre-tribulation rapture and walk me through the, <laughs> you know, feet of stone and clay and Daniel's interpretation of, you know, eagles with wings and uh, you give me all that. Uh-huh. But, like, if I can't have a child come up to me who's dealing with leukemia and me go, well, Christ says you're healed, so be healed. Mm -hmm. This is all completely useless. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What useless information? Let's be honest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, you want the deep revelation? The deep revelation is this, is that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. (laughs) Right. There it is. You ready? Yep. That's as deep as you're ever going to get. And if you think you need deeper than that, then you don't get it at you all. You don't get it at all. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense to you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like there's no, you know, end to the Mayan calendar that's going to bring people hope. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like the Mayan calendar is gone now and yeah. we can be, you know, the Jewish calendar could be 1599, could be, you know, 1422, you know, it could be the year of the stone, doesn't matter, or the mm-hmm. year of the dragon. Mm-hmm. None of that matters if you don't look like Jesus. None of it. Yeah. And I love it. I mean, I, I study stuff. Mm-hmm. I, you know, obviously I love eschatology. Mm-hmm. You know, I love antiquities people and, you know, looking at cosmology and all those things. I love it. But at the end of the day, like it is a very side piece to me looking like Jesus. Yeah. And so I don't spend much of my day online listening to prophets talk about things I hope happen in the world. Right. I spend most of my day going, why aren't I looking like you? And what, what parts of me are an unbelief that I can? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is like, that is the purpose. Yeah. That is the thing. And you get, we get caught up in this revelation. Like we become junkies Yeah. for it. Yep. We live in this. Give me the more, give me the deeper, give me the new, give me the, this, give me the, that. Mm-hmm. It's like for what? <laughs> so we can keep disappointing the world around us. Right. Wow. We can keep not being the hope of the world. Wow. You know, city set upon a hill whose light can't be hidden. Yeah. Like, I don't see that much, Mm -hmm. you know? 
Like I know, I know there are crazy, radical, weird, mind-blowing things that probably Bill Johnson knows about that none of us do. <laughs> right. You know, like I yeah. know Bill Johnson's got some weird stuff. Yeah, and I know that when I go to hear him talk, he's going to talk about the Father Heart of God. Yeah. Yep. And you're like, well, that's it then. Mm-hmm. And so what is the point of moving on from that? And even, you know, like like this, like like understanding community is such a large portion of looking like Jesus because Jesus spent his life in community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jesus modeled a lifestyle yeah. of community. He he modeled enough community that makes me uncomfortable. Right. Like I'm not I'm not sleeping in the same tent with you. You know what I mean? Like I love you, but not that much. You know, like me and you aren't sharing the yeah. same bedroom. Like I ain't, I ain't playing that game. Like we're not gonna, you know, just travel if his nomads everywhere we go. Yeah. I'm not playing that. He did. Yep. It, you know what I mean? He it's how we lived. Mm-hmm. And so like we have to realize that if this revelation is not unto Christ, if it's not all leading, like all, you know, all of the old I love because Tim Mackey uses this. Uh, he says, you know, the entire Old Testament points to Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's its whole purpose. Mm-hmm. I know you're looking for something more. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're searching the scriptures for for eternal life. Uh-huh. But Jesus is going, guess what? Yeah. They point to me. Mm-hmm. I know you're you're waiting for Daniel to tell you about how Russia is going to do this. And I know you're waiting for, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, the scriptures point to me. Yep. It is all and will always be about me. Right. Not my coming. Mm-hmm. Me. Not my this, me. Yeah. Not what I was maybe trying to hiddenly say over here, me. Mm-hmm. Just me. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And that's what community is. Yeah. It's about me. Ooh. Man. I feel like that's, I feel like. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> hey, so we wanted to take you on this three-week journey to let you know it's about Jesus. <laughs> and we're going to blow your mind, but it's been about him the whole time. We knew that. <laughs> it was a shocker. <laughs> no. But yeah, yeah, that's it. Yep. All right. Awesome. Well, I feel good about that. Yep. And we got some exciting things coming up. We do. I'm very excited about uh, next week episode. Yep. We'll be kind of coming off of our vision service and talking about that and then yeah if um yeah if you're listening to this i want to reiterate uh please be at the vision service it's going to be a really important time yeah this is going to be one of the biggest moments like of our family and just a big time of where we're going and what we're doing and what's happening yeah yeah so i highly highly encourage you to make it a priority to be there yeah jesus will be there <laughs> so what makes you think you should? <laughs> Let's use some old like church gospel, you know, right. preaching shame. Jesus is there. So good luck with you not being there. <laughs> I love it. All uh, right. Awesome. Cool. Well, thanks. Yeah. Enjoy your cruise. Yeah, I will. And right. I, well, I'm sure I am. I'm sure you are. <laughs> if you're listening to this, Brian, we hope you enjoy your cruise. <laughs> All right. To all our listeners, thank you for listening. We love you and we'll see you next week.